going on? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the show. Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. And uh, the phone numbers, as always, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. The email is Pete at thepetecallendershow.com and Twitter at Pete Callender. That's with a K. All righty. So uh, let's get into the Club Q shooting. Because now that we have some distance between the uh, the attack and uh, today, we have more information that's become available. Rather than rushing in and filling all of the gaps in knowledge with rank speculation and recriminations and accusations, I mean, all of those things did occur over the last you know twenty four hours or so. But um, I prefer to kind of wait a little bit, find out some more information, and try to approach it uh, from a more rational. Uh, perspective i know i know it's not how it's done nowadays all right first off standard disclaimer i am opposed to all violence you don't get to go into a bar and shoot up people and murder them really for any reason like you you don't get to do that that is wrong it is evil and this dovetails into the other point that i always make when discussing any kinds of these attacks which is We are all, well, I shouldn't say we are all, a lot of us are rational people and we are attempting to make sense of an irrational or evil act. And so we are going to fall short. We can come up with some ideas about the things, but trying to attach certain preconceived, dare I call it prejudices, trying to attach these things to somebody else who is not rational, then we are going to fall short. Number three, I find it grotesque when people use victims of you know, tragedies and attacks like this in order to advance agendas. And I find it even more disgusting when they attempt to use tragedy to shut up their opponents. And that's what we're seeing now over the last 24 hours. Well, almost immediately after every mass shooting, people swoop in in order to make their arguments about Gun control, that's usually the way it goes, gun control. However, with the red flag laws that were uh, passed, Colorado's got them. It's kind of difficult now to make the arguments about gun control, and so now this has shifted to how dare people oppose any of these uh, drag queen story hours, because that's what was going on, apparently, at this, um, at the bar. They had publicized an event, People were there to see a a drag show, and it was billed as family-friendly, and this person showed up, uh, the attacker, who, by the way, I do not name them. I create my own names for them. So this guy I'm calling Loser Van Coward. But then I found out that he actually changed his name at age 15 or 16. So I had to obviously change the name I had assigned him, so I just, I'm going to swap the the first and last name. So I'm going to go with Coward Van Loser. Uh, So Mr. Van Loser uh, shows up at this club wearing apparently body armor. You know, uh, he's he's got uh, a long rifle and a handgun. He opens fire and two heroes inside the club subdue him. This is the story from the New York Times talking about Richard Fierro. He was at a a table in Club Q with his wife 
daughter and friends on Saturday watching a drag show when the sudden flash of gunfire ripped across the nightclub and instincts forged during four combat deployments in Iraq and Afghanistan instantly kicked in. Fight back, he told himself, protect your people. And he said that when he meant his family or when he thought, when he was thinking, got to protect my family, <clears throat> he considered that to be everybody in the, in the bar, in the club. In an interview at his house on Monday where his wife and daughter were still recovering from injuries, Mr. Fierro, 45, who spent 15 years as an Army officer and left as a major in 2013, according to military records, described charging through the chaos at the club, tackling the gunman, and beating him bloody with the gunman's own gun. I don't know exactly what I did. I just went into combat mode, he said. He shook his head as he stood in his driveway, an American flag hanging limp in the freezing air. Quote, I just know I have to kill this guy before he kills us. The authorities are holding Coward Van, sorry, yeah, Coward Van Loser, 22 years old, holding him on charges of killing five people and saying that 18 more people were injured in the rampage at the club that lasted just a few minutes. The death toll could have been much higher if patrons of the bar had not stopped the gunman. The mayor of Colorado Springs, Mr. John Southers, said he saved a lot of lives. He said he had spoken to Mr. Fierro and was struck by his humility. He said, I have never encountered a person who engaged in such heroic actions and was so humble about it. So Mr. Fierro, Richard Fierro, was there with uh, his wife, Jess, his daughter, Cassandra, her longtime boyfriend, Raymond Green Vance, and two family members, and they were there to watch one of his daughter's friends perform a drag act. Okay, so he was there because his daughter, so I understand it, I think I heard a report that uh, this was, the performer was his daughter's, like, junior prom date or something years ago. Because I think the daughter is now in her 20s or something. So, um... That's why they were there at this club. Goes on to say it was a staccato of flashes by the front door. The familiar sound of small arms fire. Mr. Fierro knew it too well. Without thinking, he hit the floor, pulling his friend down with him. Bullets sprayed across the bar, smashing bottles and glasses. People screamed. Mr. Fierro looked up and saw a figure as big as a bear, easily more than 300 pounds, wearing body armor and carrying, here we go, Carrying a rifle a lot like the one he had carried in Iraq. Weapons of war, right? That's the very subtle New York Times, real subtle. The shooter was moving through the bar towards a door. Because The only reason I point that out is they don't make reference to the, the handgun being similar to weapons that are carried in theater. And, and service members do carry pistols in theater. But that wasn't, that wasn't included. It was just the the long rifle. The shooter was moving through the bar toward a door leading to a patio where dozens of people had fled. He raced across the room. Mr. Fierro raced across the room, grabbed the gunman by a handle on the back of his body armor and pulled him to the floor and jumped on top of him. They crashed to the floor. The the gunman's military-style rifle (laughs) clattered just out of reach. Mr. Fierro started to go for it, but he then saw the gunman come up with a pistol in his other hand. 
Quote, I grabbed the gun out of his hand and I just started hitting him in the head over and over and over again. As he held the man down and slammed the pistol down on his skull, Mr. Fierro started barking orders at others. He yelled for another club patron using a string of expletives, told that person to grab the rifle, then told that patron to start kicking the gunman in the face. There was a drag dancer passing by, and Mr. Fierro said he ordered her to stomp the attacker with her high heels. The whole time, Mr. Fierro kept pummeling the shooter with the pistol while screaming obscenities. When police arrived a few minutes later, the gunman was no longer struggling. Fierro said he was afraid that he had actually killed him. He is still in the hospital. Mr. Fierro was covered in blood. He got up and frantically lurched around in the dark looking for his family. He spotted his friends at the floor or on the floor. One had been shot several times in the chest and arm. Another had been shot in the leg. He saw his wife and daughter on the edge of the room, and he was about to go to them when he was tackled by police. Officers rushing into the chaotic scene had spotted a blood-spattered man with a handgun. Not knowing if he was a threat, they put him in handcuffs, locked him in the back of a police car for what seemed like more than an hour. He said he screamed and pleaded to be let go so he could see his family. Eventually, he was freed. He then went to the hospital with his wife and daughter, who had minor injuries. His friends were there and are still there. They're in more serious condition. They were all alive, except his daughter's boyfriend who was nowhere to be found, and in the chaos, they had lost him. They drove back to the club, searched for him, um, and then the family got a call late Sunday from his mother that he had died in that shooting. So again, it's a tragic story, it's tragedy, and people who are of sane, rational mind will attempt to try to decipher what is the rational, sane motive behind it and i would submit to you that those efforts will be fruitless because i don't think you do what this guy did what the shooter did and possess a sane rational mind and so now we move to the next phase which is always the phase after a mass shooting like this is the use of the tragedy in order to advance political agendas News Talk 1110-993-WBT. WBTV is now reporting two people have died in a helicopter crash. Uh, The wreckage uh, is right off of I-77 in the Tivola Road area. Um, And some of the debris has landed on the uh, interstate. They've got what appears to be I-77. I'm guessing that southbound is shut down. I believe that southbound is uh, all of the lanes closed. They got one lane closed coming in the other direction. The left lane closed coming in the other direction. I think that's accurate. So uh, Boomer uh, Von Ken will keep you posted on the uh, traffic updates. Obviously, um, you know, be patient going through the area. This is now because it's a an aircraft. You're going to have... Federal investigators coming in there, NTSB and that sort of thing, to do their investigations. And so this this is going to be a mess for a long time. And our prayers are with the family. We hope uh, families of those who have uh, died. It's, I see now WCNC is reporting that two dead uh, as well. 
seemed like it was a small helicopter. And I think I, I mean, I, I know I saw a helicopter when I was fly, uh, when I was driving in. I saw the chopper flying around, um, sort of south of the city, which was where this crash has occurred, just about three miles away from the uh, downtown core. Sorry, uptown core. Um, so we will give you more information as it becomes available. <clears throat> um, so, all right, BTV saying alternate routes, South Tryon Street or South Boulevard. Uh, if you're over also on the western side, you could take Highway 160 down that way, try to get around that. But it's I-77 right through the center of the city is going to be, uh, it's going to be affected by this for hours, probably. Probably through the rush hour, i got to believe. Because, like, the, when the NTSB comes in, they mark everything and, like, they... They want to see where all of the wreckage lands, and they want to reconstruct as much as possible based on that wreckage. So I don't know. Uh, also, people zipper merge, please. If you are uh, in the lane that uh, on the uh, I seventy seven, yeah. If you're in, I think that's inbound. If you're on the inbound track, uh, then uh, you're going to have that left lane closed, but you still have the two lanes, the right and the center lane, open, and so. The left lane is having to merge into the center lane, so drive up to the end where the police cruisers have marked off the the lane to be closed. Go up to that point and then merge, and everybody take a turn, and then everybody will get through more quickly. It looks like the southbound side is just shut down um, near Nations Fort. It almost looks like, I'm looking at it, and it almost looks like that's the exit ramp area. Like the big open space where you peel off and go up around, you know, on to, to get off at the exit. I think that's, uh, they're saying it's Nation Ford, but I saw somebody uh, on the other channel, they're calling it Archdale Road, which is a different exit. So it's somewhere in that in that vicinity, south of Tivola Road, looks like, around exit 3, 4, 5 vicinity. All right, we'll keep you posted. Boomer will have the latest traffic report in mere moments away. We are going over what happened out in Colorado Springs the other day at this uh, gay nightclub. It's called Club Q. There was a, uh, a, uh, a drag queen event or a drag, uh, yeah, drag queen story hour or something like that going on. Or maybe it was just a dance. I'm not sure. But there was something related to uh, drag queens there. And some guy who I don't use their names. I don't use the shooter's names. I call this guy Coward Van Loser. And he shows up and uh, he murders five people, injures uh, almost two dozen more uh, We've got a, a retired Army officer, former major, uh, who uh, tackled the guy, beat him probably within inches of his life with his own gun, and uh, and then uh, got other patrons to uh, help subdue the the uh, the attacker uh, as well as uh, tend to the wounded. And so, guy uh, Richard Fierro, actual hero, glad he was there. And glad he was there to save people's lives. Unfortunately, he could not save the life of his daughter's boyfriend. Uh, who perished uh, in the attack. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. So uh, we just uh, sent Bernie down the hall to check with our uh, sister station, WBTV, about whether or not that was their helicopter that was out there because we could look out in the parking lot and see the helicopter where it usually sits, and it is not out there. And uh, what Bernie was uh, told was that it was, in fact, the WBTV helicopter that crashed uh, within the last, I guess, 20 minutes or so. It's right off of I-77 
Two people are reported dead in the crash, uh, obviously BTV employees. Um, so folks down the hall, as I, as Bernie said, folks down the hall are very obviously upset. Uh, and our hearts go out to all of those, uh, all of our colleagues in the newsroom down there. And we'll give you more information as we get it. Um, right now, it's just a traffic situation that's uh, very bad in, uh, right through the center of the city. You've got uh, I-77 southbound that is completely shut down. You've got uh, one lane northbound I-77 shut down. Um, they're rerouting all of the southbound traffic. Uh, looks like it's off of uh, off of Tivola Road. It looks like they're routing everybody. Um, but I've seen a couple of the reports. But also, we just sent uh, we just sent Bernie down the hall, and it's. It, uh, as he reported, it's uh, it's their helicopter, and it's just this is it's very sad, very sad. Um, and I think back there was a uh, you know thing about helicopters like they when they go down, there's actually opportunity to try and save it. You know, as far as I, I recall, that I'm going back now, 15 years. BTV lost a helicopter years ago when I was a reporter here. Uh, Ron Lee, the cam man. I think was in the chopper at the time, I want to say, and uh, landed it in a field. He wasn't flying it, but he was uh, he was in the chopper, landed it in a field, and uh, they both survived. What? What? Well, come it. You can't you can't just tell me information. We'll, we'll, we'll be giving you some more information. Okay. Just hold off on who was in it. I don't know who was in it, Mark. Yeah. Well, yeah, feel free to get on the microphone and let us know because we we got our confirmation from down the hall. Um, so I don't, yeah, we don't have any uh, information on the identities of the victims that were on the chopper, but that's the that's the information as was relayed to me. So we shall see. We'll give you more information as it becomes available. Boomer Von Cannon obviously has the traffic updates throughout the afternoon, um, and we'll keep you posted. So, yeah, I just, that was Mark Garrison, news director, coming in to tell me that something about the identities. We don't have, I don't have the identities of the people that were on the chopper. Um, but, yeah, the newsroom will have updates, I'm assuming, at the net in another 20 minutes or so at the top of the hour. Is that correct, or is, are we going to break in for that? No, we'll, we'll confirm. No, no, no. Okay. We'll talk during a break. That's fine. Um, so let me go back now to the Colorado Springs uh, story. This uh, shooting at Club Q in Colorado Springs, apparently the person who was uh, subdued by the Richard Fierro had a troubled life. The shooter had a troubled life growing up in California and Texas, one largely hidden by a complete name change before his 16th birthday. This is according to. The uh, well, this is the New York Post, but it's reporting uh, based on information obtained by the Washington Post. This uh, the shooter remains a registered member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So the Mormons, which until 2019 described people in same sex marriages as apostates, someone who's abandoned religion. Okay, I don't. So he's a member, he's a registered member of the church, but then they throw in something about the church's beliefs 
and I'm not sure if this person, see what I mean? Like you're trying to attach things to this person and you don't know whether this person who did this thing was motivated by religious doctrine, political, Fox News, Tucker Carlson, right? These are the allegations that are being made. Anyway, the shooter's parents separated way back in July of 2001 when he was just a little baby. And he then moved around between Orange, California, and San Antonio, Texas, before settling in Colorado. His mom, the daughter of a uh, Republican representative, I believe, named Randy Vopel, and this guy compared the January 6th Capitol attack to the Revolutionary War, so we're going to attach that to the to the shooter as well. Just going to throw it all in there. Um, but his mom, the shooter's mom, had several brushes with the law, including an arrest for arson in Texas in 2012 when her son was 12. She also appears to have three outstanding warrants from earlier in California. A YouTube channel under the shooter's original name, was started in 2010. So he would have been about 10 years old when he started a YouTube channel, I guess. It has 416 subscribers, despite appearing to have only posted a single video two years after it was started in 2012. It was a, quote, profanity-laden offensive cartoon titled... Asian homosexual gets molested by a floating piece of, and then it's blacked out. I don't know what the word is, and I, but I don't care. It mainly features characters dropping F-bombs. Okay, so that's the, this one video on this YouTube channel from 2012 when this guy would have been about 12 years old, 11 or 12 or 13 years old. I don't know what to make of that. I don't know how you get 416 subscribers to a channel and you have a single video posted and then nothing for a decade. But when this guy was 15 years old, he became the target of what the Washington Post described as a, quote, particularly vicious bout of online bullying. There was a Wikipedia-like website that got created with this person's name, his original name. It had photos of him. It used his online aliases, like the, the, the screen names that he would use along with a fictitious biography, in other words, a made-up story about who he is, riddled with insults and ridicule. It was not clear why he got targeted, but he soon legally changed his name. I would submit to you that if the abuse was bad enough to change your name, it was pretty bad. It's pretty bad. He petitions a Texas court to get his name changed, using two of his grandparents' names, not his mom's, to legally change his name. And he never said why in the court documents. At least it wasn't there. It's not clear why he chose the name that he chose. His grandparents also appear to have been central to his arrest in June of last year. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. New York Post has the story, but it's actually the Washington Post uncovered the story, but Washington Post puts all of their stuff behind the paywall. And frankly, I don't want to support them in a lot of the work that they do. So anyway, New York Post, quoting the Washington Post, did a deep dive and found uh, the shooter at the Club Q 
uh, in Colorado Springs had apparently been harassed, bullied, targeted uh, in, I mean, this is a pretty expansive harassment campaign against an individual, 15 years old, um, had a Wikipedia-like website. I don't know what that would be, but there's some, you know what Wikipedia looks like, right? So you type in a search term and it's, uh, you know, some just, you know, like the, the background and it has links to everything and people go in and make edits and add stuff to the stories. It's it's all um, community driven. It's all open, not open source, but yeah, you got like a crowdsourcing kind of a, a operation. So anyway, there's a website somebody created, used this guy's name, this kid, he's 15 at the time, uses his name and basically doxes him apparently Photos, online aliases, names and stuff, fictitious biography riddled with insults and ridicule. And um, and it's not clear why the guy, the kid was targeted, but it was bad enough that he changed his name legally. He goes to court in Texas. He uses his two grandparents to get him his name changed. His grandparents also appear to have been central to his arrest in June. This past June or June last year, 2021, when he live streamed a four hour standoff with police after being accused of threatening to blow up his neighborhood. Relatives told the uh, local press that he had flipped out after finding out that his grandparents were planning to leave Colorado and settle in Florida. In a live stream of the standoff, in which he threatened to blow it to holy hell. He also said, this is the day I die. They don't give a bleep about me anymore, clearly. So he's talking about his grandparents, how his grandparents don't care about him, and they don't care about him because they're moving to Florida, which he doesn't want to go to Florida. Now, why was this guy uh, not red flagged? Colorado's got the red flag laws. Right? Why why didn't those kick in? Why didn't anybody try to take the guns that he had after the standoff with police? Now there's another um hang on a second. There is another angle here on the red flag law. This is from Chris Vanderveen, who is a 2022 Peabody Award recipient, four-time uh, NPPA reporter of the year. Um And he's the director of special projects at Channel 9 News in Colorado. And he talks about Colorado's law. By the uh, yeah, Colorado's law that uh, passed through the legislative session in 2019, and he says it was passed with good intent, and that intent was a desire to keep people away from the burden of previous convictions and arrests, particularly minor ones. Does it sound familiar? Here are some of the basics. The act repeals and reenacts the statutes related to sealing criminal justice records. The act creates a simplified process to seal criminal justice records when the case against the defendant is completely dismissed before the defendant is acquitted. So if they get if all the charges are dropped and the case is dismissed before trial and an acquittal or it'll seal the criminal justice records when the defendant completes a diversion agreement when a criminal case has been filed. So if you do some sort of like a pretrial intervention, some sort of diversion program then they seal those records or they'll seal it when the defendant completes a deferred judgment and sentence and all counts are dismissed. The court seals those records within the criminal case 
without requiring the defendant to file a separate civil action. All right, so it's just automatic. Well, what does that mean? It means now we don't have any of the public information on what happened in June. So this reporter from Colorado says, we know the alleged shooter was arrested just last year. There was a bomb threat. Deputies recommended felony charges of menacing and kidnapping. The reporting party at the time said her son was threatening to cause harm to her with a homemade bomb, multiple weapons and ammo. The reporting party was not in the home at the time when she made the call and she was not sure where her son was. So this is the mom. Mom makes the call. And she's not in the house, though. So cops evacuated like 10 homes in the area. um, And then they were finally successful in getting this guy to come out and comply where uh, he was then taken into custody. He was booked into the El Paso County Jail on two counts of felony menacing, three counts of first degree kidnapping. But today, the case has totally disappeared. It doesn't exist. The reporter can't find anything in the Colorado court system on it. And for all intents and purposes, it never happened. Why? Case was dropped. Charges never filed. And thanks to this new law from 2019 that was supposed to be to help people who got into trouble not be burdened by that record for the rest of their adult life, right? So to basically just seal the record and make it go away, then they passed this law. Well, now, poof, it's gone. So as of now, we cannot access what were once public records. Case is sealed. And due to the new law, it's vanished, which allows the El Paso County Sheriff to avoid any scrutiny for what it did, its office did or didn't do back then. A law that sailed through the legislature in 2019 with the help of lawmakers wanting to protect people from police convictions and arrests is now being used to protect law enforcement from public scrutiny, the reporter says. Oh, yes. Unintended consequences of legislation. What about the red flag issues? Don't know. They can't access any records. So if this thing got sealed, would a red flag even have gone up for this guy? Why was the case dropped? Don't know. By the way, Nick Oxner from WBTV down the hall tweeted out earlier that uh, North Carolina has a similar law. Yeah. North Carolina passed this similar law a year or so ago, and I guess we could see the same sort of thing happen here. Again, I understand the intent. I recognize why people said it was necessary. You know, you get into one mis- uh, or uh, you get into one incident, and you make a mistake, and you're young, and uh, you don't want to be having to carry that around your entire life. It affects your job prospects and all of that. So, like, the intentions may have been good. But now, what? Now we're not going to know whether somebody dropped the ball on identifying the known wolf? It's always somebody that's got a prior run-in with law enforcement, right? If only there were red flags. Oh, wait, there were. Oh, no, but they got sealed up, so we can't see them.